Welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice with your host, Rocky Deer. Hi there, this is your friend Rocky Deer coming to you from the State Bar of Texas podcast. You know, I had a question. I had a burning, burning question that I think maybe you might want to know the answer to. That is, what exactly does our bar leadership do? What do they What do they do all day? We've got we've got state bar directors, we've got the state bar presidents, we've got this whole apparatus. And what are what exactly are they doing for us? So you know what? I decided we're gonna find out. We are not gonna sit here and just pontificate. We're gonna find the answer. So you know what? I decided we're gonna go straight to the source. I dragged a couple of guys right from the hallway. They're literally and, dragged. Yeah, yeah. There were there was we've got them handcuffed to their chairs. <laughs> Over here, okay? This is serious stuff. And now they don't get to go until they talk. We've actually got a latte waiting by the side. We told them, look, this thing is going to get cold if you guys don't answer our questions. So what I did was I went and got Rudy Mateer and Eric Birch, two of our state bar directors. Rudy's from Pflugerville. And, you know, I remember Pflugerville, Rudy, because my high school once, I think it was a girls' soccer team, made it to state, and it was in Pflugerville. So Pflugerville was all over our school, we all knew about Pflugerville. We had a big bus ride down. And you obviously have, you know, a deep and affectionate love for Pflugerville, right? Hey, it's a great place. Pflugerville <laughs> was, was amazing. And we got Eric Birch from Austin, two of our Correct. state bar directors. Thank you guys for being here. And, and by the way, you know, you know how I got them here? We're at the State Bar of Texas annual meeting 2018. So we're in Houston. We've got me, a Dallas boy. We've got a Pflugervilleer and an Austinite. I hope I even said that correctly. You did. We you got it right. Did I get it right? Mm-hmm. Okay, on Austin night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, guys, thank you both for being here. Not a problem no, thanks. At all. Yeah, this is. Thanks for dragging me over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I hope I didn't, you know, bind those cuffs too tightly. But... Uh, you know, it's a little uncomfortable. I'll let you know. It's okay. <laughs> but you know, answer our questions and it'll be over soon. <laughs> And if, you, and if you need to talk to a lawyer, we've got plenty of them yeah, here. Yeah, They're all running yeah. around this. This is my lawyer right here next to me. Well, he's also cuffed to his chair. Yeah. So this is interesting. This is kind of the, the cuffed helping the cuffed. Okay. So, so guys, tell us, what are some of the initiatives that the State Bar is working on? And as directors, what do you think is new and exciting for us? Well, I can tell you the, the most exciting thing that, uh, that came out of the bar meeting maybe in the last day or so for me, my standpoint was the bar has decided to hire an agency that's going to investigate transparency at the bar. There's been a lot of discussion in the past year about bar transparency, and there were actually a couple of uh, working committees to look into transparency. Those expired by their terms, by the state bar rules, uh, as of the end of the president-elect's term. Okay. So what the bar decided to do is to hire a neutral uh, agency. Winstead or Winston is the name of the firm, but it was vetted by a lot of those folks at the state bar, and they're going to be looking into that over the year because this has just been a lot of talk about transparency, and we've we've started broadcasting the state bar meetings now live. So it's kind of like and a C-SPAN type thing. Is it? It's online or you know, I've been in the meetings, so I haven't had a chance to go out and look at them while they're doing that. So I'm not exactly sure how they work. Interesting. Okay. So transparency, Eric, is is what you're finding to be. Maybe the most, the newest, well, most exciting thing. That's- I, th- I think it's exciting from the standpoint it's been such a topic of discussion hmm. that I'm happy that a neutral party is coming in to try to address the question once and for all. So there's been a lot of discussion at the last few board meetings about this issue, and there's a lot of strong feelings on both sides. And so I think to see the board get a neutral 
party to come in and look at that issue is going to address a lot of questions and hopefully kind of put this to bed for the future. And they'll look at the transparency and also make recommendations if changes need to be made. Wow. And, and Rudy, what about you? What's, what's kind of got you excited about well, the, where the know, state bar is going? I think one of the things that I'm pretty excited to see regarding the bar is, in fact, that we're going to be addressing the issue that is a hot topic in this country right now, which has to do with the credible fear and immigration bond hearings going on at the border. No matter whatever political ideology you have right there, everyone agrees that you need to know your rights and issues concerns regarding what's happening there. And it's great to see the bar trying to go ahead and work with those entities involved there to make sure that people are able to go ahead and help them, in particular lawyers who are specifically you know, focused to go ahead and make sure that people understand their rights, understand the issues and concerns, and work together to find to see if we can find a resolution on this matter. Have you noticed the members of the bar have they gotten behind this initiative, or has there been some resistance? What's been your experience Good question. on that score? We just left the swearing-in of our new 138th president of the State Bar of Texas, Joe Longley. Sure. And when he announced this as being part of his initiatives, he got a roaring response from the crowd. Wow. And that's the part where, you know, at times, particularly in this day and age, we, we see ourselves divided in a variety of issues and a variety of concerns. But one thing it seems like constantly we as Americans can agree on is that when it comes to community, when it comes to kids, that we can focus and work together. And that's what I see the bar doing right here. Wow. Now, Eric, have you seen the same type of universal positive reaction to this initiative? Yeah, I sure did. Just as uh, Rudy mentioned today, doing the state bar luncheon when the president-elect, uh, or he's president he's now. President not, now. He's, not, he's not president now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As of yesterday, he's president, <laughs> Joe Longley. And he mentioned that, and that was probably the you know loudest reception that he got. And this was people from all walks of life and yes. all parts lawyers of the political spectrum. from all walks of well, life. Well, sure, lawyers from... <laughs> Wait, lawyers, lawyers are people, are people. Too. I mean, Exactly. I mean, what? <laughs> lawyers are mammals, yeah. right? Yes, they <laughs> are. Mo- most, most. I would not, there's a few reptiles I've met. There's a, there's a few of us that are even sentient. It's pretty... It's pretty right? Uh, so you got lawyers from, from all walks, all walks of life and all across this political spectrum agreeing on this issue to try mm-hmm. to try to address... Exactly. What's going on mm-hmm. at the border. And right. that's the part where you look at things. We had um, Mattress Mac come speak this morning. Right. You know, you know address us at our breakfast. And, and please remind us, who is Mattress Mac? Mattress Mac from um, Gallery Furniture right here in Houston, Texas, who went ahead and spoke about what he did regarding his own furniture stores during Hurricane Harvey to make sure he was able to shelter people, provide them food, provide them water. We remember that story. We remember that story. It it was making national headlines. And, and, you know, something that he said really rings true, and, you know, it's something that stayed with me since the speech, is that people want to know that you care. People want to see people do good. People want to see their community involved. And... That's exactly what lawyers want to do. You know, even as a young kid, my parents explained to me, you know, the legal profession's role when it comes to civil rights, when it comes to specific issues in this country. You know, the thing that you kept on rallying around is that lawyers do good. Lawyers go ahead and make sure that those people who don't have their voices heard are heard. Lawyers are the ones who are on the front ends trying to make sure that when things need to be addressed in a fashion that, frankly, a lot of people may not be well-versed in, they're there standing on the fires. And you keep hearing that over and over again. And you see that, you know, in our practice. You see that when you walk around here, we're on, you know, this floor, and you see all these lawyers involved right here. You see that in what they do in their communities. It's not only heartwarming, but it's also inspiring. I want to play devil's advocate for just a second, okay? And, and maybe look at another, another side of this. So 
we're talking about lawyers wanting to help people. And I, I personally don't disagree with you. I think everybody wants to help. But there's a couple of issues that, that appear to be holding some of us back mm-hmm. on that score. One is some of those lawyers, younger and some, some like me that are not so young, <laughs> who maybe are having trouble finding the careers they wanted. There's a, the, the, the job's outlook is not mm-hmm. what it used to be. So we've got that issue. The second issue is that of mental health and addiction. And there seems to be more focus on that, but is that kind of holding us back or is that something that we need to be addressing? And what is the bar doing to help on those scores? Well, you know, I have an answer to that that I think the two are, they sound like different answers, but I think they're really related. Okay. One of the speeches that I, that I gave today, it was a panel discussion, was on the, the pitfalls and perks of private law practice, of solo and small firm law practice. Are you a solo and are you a solo practitioner? I am kind of a solo law practitioner. Kind of. Kind of. Yes, yes, I know that's hard to get. I, I, Do you crowdsource I, your work? No, Is this what? no I, I have two law partners who are fantastic, really smart, but they have totally separate practices and also their level of work because they have other obligations. One's sure. a mother and she's raising her kid and wants to devote a lot of time to that. Sure. So there's there's not as much time as we went spent all three spend together. So in a large part, I'm a solo lawyer. I kind of bring in sure. the work that I work on, but, but I have folks that help me out. But I've been given this speech with the state bar for probably as long as I've been a lawyer, just as a solo lawyer. Wow. Sure. Ever since I first started doing this, I went solo in about 2000. And uh, one of the first speeches I gave was the seven things to look for when you're going into solo law practice and to how, how to know when you're ready. Well, one of the things I learned doing all of that was, you know, you hear often about lawyers are not happy with their lives. Well, if you break that down, you'll find out that the level of satisfaction with the lawyer's practice has a big part to play in that. And sometimes I think there's a misfit for where lawyers are. For example, I worked for a law firm for about seven years, and at the end of the seven years, I was almost ready to go back. I'm an engineer before I became a lawyer. I was almost ready to go back to become an engineer. I was not enjoying the practice of law. For a number of reasons I spoke, including my wife was a big, you know, advisor on this. She said, why don't you go out and form your own practice. I went out and I would say within 30 days, I was the happiest as a lawyer I had ever been as a lawyer. And just making that change. Yeah. Well, I found out a lot of the frustrations I had as a lawyer were not with the practice of law. It was working in a law firm. (laughs) Now that's for me. That's not for everyone. Of course. There's a lot of folks who love it, but for me, that was the frustration. So uh, I went out and I've been practicing as a solo slash, slash small firm lawyer now for 18 years. And still love it, still enjoy it a whole lot. I mean, there's a lot of other frustrations with being a a solo practitioner. So when you get into the other side of this, the the mental health issue and and, and those things, you know, first off, the bar has got multiple initiatives. I mean, for folks... Yeah, you you want to tell us about TLAP? TLAP's a program that we have through the State Bar of Texas where the issues that you were speaking about regarding substance abuse, regarding mental health, Frankly, it's pioneered in a lot of ways to make sure that we're on the forefront of those issues. You have an opportunity as a lawyer, if in fact that you personally feel that you can go ahead and benefit your program, refer yourself to the program. At the same time, you can also anonymously go ahead and refer other lawyers that you see maybe suffering from depression, maybe from a variety of different issues to the program. Personally, I have had a couple of very dear friends who've been involved in that program, and it saved their lives. 
Well, and, that's good to know. Uh, that's very you know, good to especially know. as a country now that we're focusing more on the mental health aspect sure. as much as the you know physical aspect when it comes to people. Right. It's wonderful to see again. Well, here's, here's credit where credit due. The bar being on the cutting edge about these things, and Texas Bar realizing the importance of that. How does our bar stack up nationwide? Do you think? And I know I know we're biased because we're all Texas lawyers, <laughs> but you know, have you had a chance to see how other bars do it and how far ahead of the curve we are? You know, I have not been actively involved in that. Maybe Rudy has more information, but I know that our bar. One of the things I, I love about our bar is that they are constantly trying to be the best at whatever it is that that we're engaged in. The Texas bar is constantly canvassing the other bars in the country to find out where they stand, what they're doing. And, uh, you know, you may have heard the TOGI program, the Texas Occupation Justice Incubator. That was Frank Stevenson's That's initiative. Frank Stevenson's program. And, you know, that went from we didn't have a, a program like that two years ago to now we're the largest in the country <laughs> of 75 different programs. We're the largest in the country after two years. And that was an awful lot of going around the country, finding out what everyone else is doing, taking the best and doing it here in Texas. So I don't know all of the details of the TLAP program. One of our former uh, bar presidents, was very instrumental in getting that initiative gone two years ago. Um, oh, Alan Dubois. Alan Dubois, right. Raising money for the front, yeah. Right. Well, I'll say this, is that Eric alluded to it, and it's true, is that we're constantly, and, and again, just like you said, we're Texas, so we're better than everybody. No, I'm not going to say that. But what I'll say is that, in all sincerity, we're a leader in the bar in this nation, and we're cutting edge in a variety of issues. I'd say, for example, even TYLA. Right. TYLA went ahead and worked regarding community policing program before community policing ever became a hot topic, and they won a national award for it. You know, when we're talking about having an incubator program, when we're talking about what we're doing regarding innovation, regarding service to our veterans, our veterans program, Texas Lawyers for Texas Veterans, has become a national program that's officially now in 50 states. We're the ones who originated that many years ago when we said, wait a minute. These people, men and women, go out here and serve our country, and they're out there on battle lines for us to have our freedom. The least we can do is go ahead and figure out ways to go and provide legal service for them and help them out in aspects that they that we can, that we have the skill set to do so. So that started here. It yeah. was Texas. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. Very good. Now, maybe, just maybe, I'm, I'm hoping that we've got somebody listening. Maybe, just maybe, we have a future bar leader listening in who says, you know what, I want to get involved and I want to help propel the bar even further along the forefront mm -hmm. of the law, nationally mm -hmm. and internationally, mm -hmm. for that person who is listening. Number one, how do they get involved? And number two, can they contact either one of you to get involved? We could be going for the next hour on this one, I know, especially between Rudy and myself. But you, see the smiles you, guys are little, faces. you guys are a little shy, though. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, I'm going to try to break out of that and, and open up a little bit. But I started uh, my first bar committee, I think, was in the late 90s. And I think it was Opportunities for, uh, for Minorities in the Profession. And I was on that committee a number of years. And the main reason I was on it was because I was interested in the issue. Sure. You know, promoting minorities in, in the state bar. Then I got onto the Law Practice Management Committee. And the reason I got onto that is because, like I said, I started my solo practice in 1990. I worked very closely with the state bar Law Practice Management Committee and preparing to go out on my own. Oh, awesome. Apparently, I prepared mm. more than anyone that the bar had ever run into before, and they asked me to so start giving speeches on how to be prepared. 
So I got into that committee and it's like one thing led to another. And I've been on so many bar committees. I've been in sections. I've been a section president for the alternate dispute resolution section. And then finally was invited to run as a section representative for the state bar. Has putting all that time and effort in, has it helped your practice? Let's see. It, you have to define help your practice. Has it made um, you a better lawyer? Has, have you learned things from it? You've been able to incorporate it into your It absolutely has made me a better lawyer. Uh, when you said help my practice, you know, most lawyers think in terms of return on investment. Oh, no. I, I, yeah. Okay, okay. I see where I, you're going, but no, I, I meant right. just help you even, even as a and, person. And I do want to talk about that part a little bit later. But no, as a person, now my mentality and part of the reason I became a lawyer was I wanted to help people. And, uh, you know, early on when I went to law school, I kept thinking helping poor people, helping people who were having family issues, those sorts of things. Well, as I got close to my the graduating from law school, I realized because I'm an engineer that my best and highest use as a lawyer was actually not abandoning all those years of being an engineer and going to an area that I really didn't have a lot of experience in. So I ended up as an environmental lawyer. Okay. So part of the reason I started getting actively involved in the bar was because... Now I can do some of the things I originally wanted to do without necessarily being the lawyer who's helping, like, you know, services to the poor or some of the other things that Mm -hmm. I feel very strongly about. But here I get to be on committees, on boards. I help give the board direction in how those services are provided. So it has been extremely rewarding to me as a professional and as a person to be part of the bar. And... You know, I don't think it was until I got onto the board of directors two years ago now that I really recognized the deep commitment the bar has to helping the people of Texas with legal services and helping lawyers provide those legal services. Unbelievable. I don't know how it could be any better than what the bar does. And when I say what the bar does, I mean Rudy and me also. Rudy and I spend unbelievable amount of hours <laughs> going to board meetings, being on committees, and, and sorts of things that the more you learn about it, the more you want to help. So it's been extremely beneficial and to, to my private practice. So Rudy, let's. how do you make the time for all this? Because you know, Eric just talked about the countless hours you both are putting in. So how do you make time for all that and still maintain your law practice? And if my intelligence is correct, you're also on the Pflugerville City Council. Yes. So you've got all this stuff going on. You're either not sleeping <laughs> or or you've figured out how to increase the day by an extra eight hours. Yeah, what are you doing? I was about to say we all agree that there's 32 hours in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> sure. that's the way I work it. You know, people ask me that often, and I say this. Balance, balance, balance. You know, you've learned in life, you know, you have that 80-20 rule that, you know, 80% of the work done in the world is done by 20% of the people. Sure. If you want something done, give it to the busiest person because they'll figure out a way to do it. And particularly as a lawyer, you get a really, really good job in understanding and mindset of how to go ahead and prioritize things and how to balance things and schedule things. And, you know, I'll be frank. If I didn't have, you know, an unbelievable, you know, paralegal, if I didn't have an unbelievable legal assistant, if I didn't have an unbelievable wife, mm-hmm. you know, and how I go about my day, how I go to business, take care of my family, take care of my practice, take care of the bar, take care of the city, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today. But I will say that the legal career, the training, the mindsets, they get you organized enough for that. And, you know, I'm not some guy who's, you know, I, that's my personal opinion. It's amazing how I do these things. I, I think that often or not, I tell people, I'm like, hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. And it's amazing how a lot of the things, particularly when we talk about the bar and the bar practice, you heard what Eric said. You asked him a question about how did he get involved? And you saw the evolution of 
him getting involved in the bar or something that interests him, and he turned it entwined and made it into, you know, his career path and worked from there and integrated from there. That's what the bar does. A lot of this stuff is, you know, you can ingrain, you can take with you into what you do in your practice. It makes you a better attorney. It's like you have to be listening to these podcasts. You know, if you really want to go ahead and, you know, get an idea, cutting edge and what you're doing with your practice of law, you're going to go and pursue those things. Look at these aspects. Listen to podcasts, look at smart people who know what they're doing, you know, you know older, older and wiser mentors who have done it all, you know, and will tell you what they've done well and what they haven't done well. Mm-hmm. Utilize that information right there and go from there moving forward. Mm-hmm. How can future bar leaders that are listening in, how can they contact you or contact somebody to get more involved and to maybe get some direction on. Well, I'll give him Rudy's phone number right now. <laughs> sure, give it. 8675309, right? We're good. Okay, okay. All right. No, you know, there's so many opportunities to participate in the bar. I mean, uh, it, it starts at the local bar levels. I mean, most, you know, cities have local bars. City, county uh, bars. Co- yes, and get involved there. Start off, the simplest thing is just by go to the silly meetings. You know, I mean, there are meetings. There's usually there's subsections of the bars sure. that meet. Just show up. And, uh, you know, for any lawyer that's not doing that, they are missing out on a huge marketing opportunity because whether lawyers recognize it or not, most lawyers in private practice get their clients from other lawyers. Sure. Because how many times have I gotten a call from someone who says, hey, I've got this real family law issue, and I go, well, I I don't do family law, but let me give you one of these three guys' names or three women's women's names that do this same practice. So a lot of it comes from referrals. Where do I get those names? Because I go to the local bar, I meet these people, I ask them, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm glad you gave me that. You do uh, defensive driving, uh, uh, DWI. You know, I've been looking for someone to add to my list so that whenever I get that call for someone looking for DWI defense, I've got a name to give them. So, I mean, that's where I would start. Well, I'll answer directly, and (laughs) I'll give them Eric's number now. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm at the law firm of Chamberlain McKinney. And if somebody's interested in contacting me, I encourage you, you can shoot me an email at r-m-e-t-a-y-e-r at chmc-law.com. Easy enough. <laughs> they can maybe get involved in, and find out how to, I guess, ignite their law practice yeah, with a little definitely. bit of state bar and local bar initiatives. Everything that, listen to what Eric had to say right there as well. He's a perfect example of that happening. Yeah, and uh, just because I'm not going to let Rudy outdo me, I'll give you my email address <laughs> also. It's Rudy. It has to be at, yours. No. It can't be a made-up email address. <laughs> no. It's uh, it's eBirch, E-B-I-R-C-H, at birchbecker.com. So, uh, and anyone can send that. And by the way, if I don't respond immediately, I'll, I have a, a very aggressive spam filter. So t- try it a couple of times, <laughs> sure. you know, and then we'll get through. Well, this has been fascinating. I've, I've really enjoyed this. I thank you guys for, for coming by and, and talking to us and sharing your insights about the bar, where it's going, getting involved, and your stories. Thank you guys for your service to the bar and for, for coming and joining us today. Rudy, Eric, thank you both. Well, Rocky, thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity and appreciate you all dragging us over. And when do you? When do we get the cuffs off? Patience, Iago. Yeah. Patience. <laughs> we have to go off the air first, because otherwise you're going to hear the clanking, and that's just that's kind of dissonant to be. It creates this cacophony in their ears. I'm just I'm gotcha. thinking about our listeners. Okay. Well. So you know, look, if you want to get in touch and get involved in the bar, we really encourage you to to give some thought to this. State Bar of Texas is doing a lot of great things, as you can see. And we've got some very capable leaders at the helm some very dedicated men and women from all walks of life who are all trying very hard to continue this tradition of excellence. So, 
you know, get involved. We encourage you to get out there. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on your favorite podcast app. And by all means, go visit LegalTalkNetwork.com to find out more about what we're doing here. Guys, you know, the bar is going places and we're going places with it. And I thank you for joining us as we learn more about this journey. Because after all, life is a journey. And I thank you for tuning in. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to TexasBar.com slash podcasts. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.